What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 235. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, my friend? It's it's going, man. I, I'm entertained before even getting on this show. Uh, I just watched an episode. It's not even an episode. It's a session of city council here in Ottawa, and it's banana lands. <laughs> Everything is happening. Councillors are chewing each other out. They're going after the mayor. It's all kinds of crazy. So I am hyped entertained i'm kind of sad with what's happening here but like it was very entertaining in a bad way but either way what's going on with you buddy uh not a whole lot i i want to bring something to uh something to light that i found and i tweeted out uh mitch knows but i, I want to bring this into podcast form because so on twitter someone posted a meme and the, it was so spot on. I I audibly gasped. It was after we recorded the post game yesterday, uh, and it's just you know one of those Twitter memes that go viral. It has over ten thousand retweets, one hundred sixty three likes, and it says all podcasts have these three people hosting it. Now we only have two people, <laughs> but if you look at the top person on this screen, and they're cartoons by the way. I retweeted it. If you want to go on my account or Eyes on Isles retweeted it too. I mean it's it's uncanny. It's scary how how real that is. Yeah, so I'm the dad from Oh, what what oh god, why can't I remember? Oh, it's the movie with the emotions, the brain in the emotion. Oh, why oh, I can't have I have no idea. I I didn't know yeah. that one. I knew the bottom two. I knew Ratatouille and Al's Toy Barn, <laughs> but I didn't know the top guy. He's too new for me, yeah. I guess. And you you're the chef from Ratatouille. And you're right, it's perfect. Red, curly hair, tall, slender. It's just absolutely perfect. And you're right. The second I saw it, I went, Oh damn, I am identified <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about this. I was dying laughing. So uh while the Islanders might not be entertaining us much anymore, mm. I am very much so glad that I can get a laugh after doing another annoying post game uh with that. And I'm I'm glad that you can get a laugh so that you don't cry with what's going on in in both Ottawa and Islanders land. Yeah, what's going on in Islanders land is also not a whole lot of fun for a very different reason um, and, and not as, as real not fun type of thing, if you will. Um, but yeah, so are, how do we want to start this one segment? Do we want to say that at, at the same time, like declare what's going on with this season? All right, on the count of three. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. It's over. She did. Okay, close. <laughs> Close. Yeah. It's 
I don't want to be at this point. We talked pretty no. much most of the season was us trying to say, like, I don't want to get to this point because there's still so much time left. But uh, it never got better. And just between the loss to Seattle a little while ago uh, and then the effort against Buffalo, and it's just things aren't changing. It, that's it. They They needed things to change, and they haven't. So now they're in a spot where – you had in front of you Boston, right? They were struggling. They're missing some key pieces. And the Islanders lost ground. They didn't make up any ground. They actually took a step back and lost ground. So uh, even for the most positive, I'm sorry. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, and maybe you listening to this are saying, finally, what were these guys waiting for? And that's also fine, I guess. But that's it. it it's, it's over. It's really now coming to the realization. I don't know about the realization, but. I guess in a way the realization acceptance and okay well what the hell do we do now yeah that that's the big point of the acceptance because you're right some people have been calling this season for a while and I, I was not willing to do so for a, a number of reasons mainly because I just didn't want to sit here and be like I hate losing and I hate winning this sucks but like here we are and and, and this is really the reality of the situation the Islanders have to like I, I I plotted a graph of where the St. Louis Blues were in 2018-19 at this point of the year versus where the Islanders are, and the Islanders are behind where the Blues were even at this point of their season, and this was before they went on their 10-game winning streak. And it was actually 11-game winning streak, mind you. Like the Islanders, that's what the Islanders are going to have to do to get back into the playoffs. Win like 11 or 12 games, and I did this on Twitter the other day, and like 65 plus percent of the games after that like 12 game winning streak. There is nothing to suggest that they no. are able to do that right now. No. Yeah. What outside of blind faith and saying, I hope that they do it. Um, there, there's no tangible evidence that they, they are turning this thing around, which can I don't want to completely derail the show as what are we in? Maybe three minutes into this show, but I kind of, <laughs> I have something brewing inside of me that I feel like I got to let out in this forum or maybe talk through with. You. Okay. Um, if, your first reaction to the Islanders having a bump in the road with Barry Trotz is you have to now move on from the coach. Then I, I think Islanders fans don't deserve happiness. If that's truly the take, because how could you go 23 goddamn years without winning a playoff <laughs> series? And then it comes in, wins coach of the year, his first year conference, final conference, final. Obviously it's bad. There is no excusing what happened this year. Year four was a waste and now you have to go in and say okay both Lou and Barry have to say how do we fix this how do we get back and beyond to where we were but at the first sign of adversity with the best thing that's happened to this team since the dynasty you're gonna say you know what that's it it's over pull the plug and for what who do you want to bring in to coach this team a Doug Waite a Jack Capuano <laughs> some nobody you'll pluck out of the AHL and then great you go another 25 freaking years without doing a damn thing and you're right back where you started so that I think frustrates me more and I understand where Islanders fans are coming from again the expectations for this team were sky high it was okay you went to two back-to-back conference championships now it's you go on and, and you win and that was my expectation. I thought they had a really good shot of doing that before this year. And it didn't happen, and I'm s- upset about it. And I am struggling to come to the realization or acceptance of it. But I don't know how anyone logically can say, yep, all right, first bump in the road, that's it, they're done. Yeah, because, like, I'm just thinking of yesterday's loss. And the reason that I'm calling this season, and it's going to be a little bit of, not as, it's anyways, 
when I look at yesterday's loss, the 60 loss to the Buffalo Sabres, it's not just that they lost that really made me like, done, it's over. It's how they did so. Specifically that goal that Victor Olsson scored. To me, that's the one that sunk the season for me. That that sure. first goal by Victor Olsson, a complete brain-dead move by the Islanders. They're going like, oh yes, let us all chase the puck into the corner. That will end well for us. What the hell are you talking That's not a coaching decision. And Barry no. Trotz indicated as much in the postgame. And you can say like, well, maybe he's like, you know, playing the devil, and not the devil's advocate, but he's playing... Um, Anyways, he's he's kind of saying what he needs to say to kind of make him look not as as guilty, but that's not the case. No. That is not a play that needs to be made, and that's the kind of crap that the Islanders have been pulling for weeks now, and it's why they're not going to get themselves out of it right now. No, absolutely, but I, I'm sorry, I just had to get that out because I I can't go on I can't go on Twitter right now. The takes are too much for me. I just get mad every day when I go online after, especially after losses. Um, it's not good. It really isn't. And, and this is where we, we didn't want to be. Why? I, at least I, and I'm pretty sure you as well, kept moving the goalposts, like the, the positive goalposts, as we will, in the season, saying like, oh, well, if they can do this, it'll be better. Uh, there's still a chance. Uh, like, we kept moving the goalposts back. Admittedly so. Just because we didn't want to get to this point where just everything sucks. No. I and like, everything does suck because even if you're going like, all right, let's get the tank on. There is no way in hell that the Islanders are going to catch Montreal or Arizona. It's not happening in any realm of possibility unless they like they completely, I don't know, blow the whole thing up. And even that, I don't think they could. And we all know that they're not going to blow the thing up because they shouldn't. No, and they, they exactly. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. It should be, okay, this was a mess up. How do we fix it? We're going to retool with what we have. Because they, they don't have a ton of tri- – we're going to get to in the second – segment the tradable assets of what or what they could do to start the retool process at this trade deadline but you're right I I kind of feel like stuck I guess because as you said they are not going to more than likely they're not going to end up with a top pick you did the odds today the odds are extremely slim of them landing one because they're on pace to be what like the ninth fewest in points percentage not even on pace that's what they are now which is just going to be worse going forward I would imagine Probably, but even still, I don't think they're going to be bad enough to get a top three pick. Probably more than likely. What do you think they pick? Somewhere eight to twelve in that range. Yeah, I I would say eight to twelve. Like their their stock of the their ability to draft a top two pick because it's only the top two that are that are going to be up for for the draft uh, or the lottery, I should say. I, I can't see them getting in a better position. They got a bunch of games in hand on a bunch of bad teams and the Islanders being a bad team aren't as bad as some of these other teams. So it, it's just not going to go well. And if they end up in like 12th, if they end up in 13th, there's no way in hell they're going to be able to pick uh, first or second. The most they can do is third. They can only jump up 10 spots max in, in this draft lottery. Right. So moral of the story here is you are more than likely not going to draft an impact player for this year. I'm not, I'm saying, you know, three years from now, who knows? Like maybe, you know, if you pick 10th and you have a situation where, you know, no, like Noah Dobson to this team now, or Oliver Wallstrom to this team now. And that was three years ago. Okay, fine. Obviously the, the Islanders prospect pool needs help, but I also don't see the, the blow it up and tank for the rest of this year, because it's not like, you're going to be in a spot to get someone who's going to help this team for the immediate future. It's going to be something that's going to be a, a help in three years from now. And even then, like, even if they do win it, say what you will about Shane Wright. Shane Wright looks like a really good player. 
I see it as like an Alexis Lafreniere situation. Um, and, and that's, he's not going to step in and and, re, and change his franchise. He's not a franchise changing player. A good player could be a top end player, but not like a Sidney Crosby S like at, at that type, like at that top of the pyramid type of thing. Yeah. Um, Connor Bedard on the other way, maybe, but like there was a year or so away from that. But, but as it stands now, there's no way in hell the Islanders are drafting a player and you're going to go like, yes, our team is a thousand times or a lot better because we're bringing that player in. There just isn't. No. So that's kind of, I guess the conundrum here is you're kind of stuck in the middle. Um, so I don't think, I don't know. I do, rationally, I can't come to the blow it up and completely start this thing over. No. And uh, if anyone is saying, let's blow it up, just, just take a step back, go to Isles cap friendly page and take a peek at some of those contracts. You are not unloading some of those deals that you like blowing it up means you get rid of everything. Scorched earth minus like Barzal, Wallstrom, Dobson, Sorokin, probably. That, that that's scorched earth. You, obviously, you don't you don't can't get rid of absolutely everyone. You probably keep Bo or something like that. Um, Pollock, maybe Pellick as well. But that's typically what you do in a rebuild. We're not in that situation at all. Mainly because you're not going to be able to move some of those names I didn't name. Also, uh, while you're on cap friendly, can you look at the cap space that's available for the 2022-2023 season? For the Islanders, that is. Yeah, for the Islanders, because that the, my point is they have money to use. Yes. Sign yeah, someone to make yourself better. 13. 13.755 million. And last time I checked, you have a goalie who has a $5 million cap hit that more than likely could be expended in this offseason to get that number up to $18 million in cap space. And sure, I know Noah Dobson needs a new contract, but is he going to get a huge money deal? No, he's probably going to get a bridge deal at, I don't know, what do you want to call it? Two, $3 million, somewhere in that range, probably. Yes, that sounds perfectly fair. Okay, so then you have... Maybe more, but I can't see that happening. Right, but then that gives you $15 million to play with, <laughs> and then you could also say, okay, let's try to get a a, a Goudreau, a, a Meyer, a Forsberg in here, and then say, okay, and then you take, I don't know, $4 million and get like a serviceable defenseman on the left side, and you're probably fine. Yeah, you'll have to re-sign Salo. That's also not going to cost you a whole lot, probably a million at most. I was not Come even on. the NHL this really, so it's it's right. it's probably going to be I don't know eight hundred thousand. I don't even think it gets as high as a million. Does it do like the Devontae's bridge deal? Right, that wasn't that seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for uh, two years, wasn't it for Devontae's? Uh yeah, it was. Yes, no, it might have been seven hundred actually. I think that was the league minimum then. I don't even think it was seven fifty. Right, it was something like stupid low. It was exactly seven hundred thousand dollars. You're right. <laughs> That that could very well be it for for Robin Sallow because it's kind of the same arc in in a way. Um, the I, the point you're trying to make there and is a very valid one. The Islanders have money to spend, so why why they're not going to make a whole bunch of cap clearing moves? They've already done that this year, right? So then again, we go back to the logic of okay. That to me that screams retool instead of blow up and try again. <laughs> I don't get it. Am I missing something? I feel like I'm crazy. I feel like I'm the outsider whenever I go online. And please talk me off the ledge because I don't get it. It's not. It, it it's not a retool. Or sorry, a rebuild. It is not a rebuild. Um, the Islanders cannot rebuild first off. They're in no way, shape, or form ready for a rebuild. You're not going to go like, but well, we didn't get it. 
blow it up, baby. Let's see it. See you on Sunday, right? Like, as everything's blowing up behind you. Like, <laughs> right. no. No, Lou's going to be on the phone trying to figure out, and I'm sure he's already got a, a general idea of what he's trying to do here, uh, on how to approach a trade deadline, bring in some, some probably some draft capital, um, maybe even some prospects, but that's not to be like, these are our guys for the future. And that's probably going to be for trade capital to pick up players that he's looking to pick up later down the road, probably at the draft. Yeah, which makes a ton of sense. You'll take, I, I've said it a million times because of how I thought, you know, well, he's played this year in Zach Parise. I don't want to trade Zach Parise, but if you're telling me I can get a, I don't know, third round pick, and then that's now an additional third round pick that you could add to your arsenal and you know in these deals it's always hey here's a i don't know a first a third and a prospect that's down a little bit and okay now you got a immediate impact player and it's because you had zach parise for half a season and decided to sell yeah you spent league minimum on a guy and you got someone that you know maybe turns out to something or you package it for something else <laughs> right like ah it's just yeah so when it comes to the retool rebuild situation, anyone who's on the retool side and specifically on the we got to get rid of Barry Trot side, I, 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 I don't I don't know what to say to you. Like, there's no one better than Barry Trotz out there. Um, and you say what you will about the prospects. And I know we've all said it, but I'll, I'll take him being a little bit harder on prospects than someone who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Right, I mean, look, who's the coach before? You had Doug Waite. He was flying by the seat of his pants. Sure, they're scoring points by the bucket load, but they were. I mean, Nick Letty was a goddamn minus forty-two. Right, and no one could forget that one. Apparently, no, no, we couldn't. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I've become more and more frustrated, and as the team loses, the the takes continue to fly. Um, so I am going to try to my very best to just put the blinders on and get through the next couple of months here and then get into off-season mode, which will be a lot more fun, I think. But um, just because the Islanders missed the playoffs this year, I don't think means that the future is 1,000% doomed. No, no, it is right now. The immediate future is not good, um, but the not-so-immediate future is is much, much better, I would say. Um. Yeah. I would, I would tend to agree with you there. So anything else on this, or do we want to transition now and get into uh, guys they can move and maybe what they can get back? Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's move to that part. Okay. So we met Zach Perez is a guy that we mentioned here, and he seems like a an obvious choice, signed to a veteran minimum deal uh, and is producing relatively well, 15 points, four goals, 11 assists in 43 games. Um the effort is there and you, you know, in the playoffs, you need depth scoring and that screams, Hey, you know, if someone is going to need a third line guy who could maybe give you a little spark in the playoffs. I think it's someone will give up a pick for him. Yeah. Although apparently if you look to so Kevin Kurz wrote, wrote a piece uh, and he's got some comments from, from one person saying uh, he can play there, but that means uh, on a fourth line, but you want a little bit more maybe size and energy. Energy. I'm sorry. We talk, I understand he's not the biggest player, but energy. Like the guy doesn't stop skating. He gives it his all every shift. I don't know what the hell this other person is talking about. No. Yeah. Maybe because he's not. I mean, you mentioned this on one of the million shows we did too. Maybe because he's not Cal Clutterbuck and doesn't throw the body around like a madman. But uh, in terms of skating, hustle, 
getting to the right places, being a smart player. He's going to do all those little things for you. Yeah, he, the same person, I'm sorry, a different person says, it feels like, it just seems like he's almost on empty. What the hell have you been watching, anonymous source? What? The, yes, he's not putting up a ton of points. He's on a league minimum deal. That's fine. You expect this type of production from a league minimum deal. And he's probably been the most complete player for the Islanders from day one through to game 43. He hasn't missed a game. And they went through like a whole COVID thing. And he's like dodging and deflecting and ninja like karate chopping COVID as it's coming at him. And they're like, man, he's probably on empty. What are we talking about here, man? Right. I don't know if they just like woke up and was like, huh, he doesn't have 15 goals at this point of the year. He must be, you know, not a good player anymore. Well, He's not playing on the top line. He's not like, that's not, well, I mean, he is unfortunately at sometimes, but you know what I'm trying to say here? It's mm-hmm. in a, it's in a depth role. He has transitioned into depth role this at, at this point in his career at 37 years old. And I don't know. Is the third round pick probably a fair valuation? Would you say? I would say so. Yeah, I, I really think so. Like we're not talking about depth defensemen, but even then you trade second round picks for guys you don't even intend to play. And I'm talking about second round picks for defensemen here, right? Like second round picks are like a random defenseman sometimes. Like, come on. Yeah, you can get a third round pick from a third for a third liner. Easy for sure. Another name, and I'm going to stick with the, on the forward side for now before we move over to defense. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck's name has been coming up a lot. And uh, the Islanders very much so love that fourth line. Um, but... Cal is also someone who I could see a team trading for because they are looking for that little extra physical presence going into a playoff run. Yeah, this is essentially what those anonymous sources were talking about. And by essentially, I mean like a guy like Cal Clutterbuck, right? This is a guy that if you bring him in, he's going to rattle some cages. He's going to give you energy. He's going to hit anything he sees. And he can maybe pop in a few points for you down the stretch. He plays on the penalty kill. Um, th- that's the type of guy that you want to add for sure. Uh, no questions about it. Now, what do they get for him is a whole other question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you put it in that same range, like a third round range, or do you think it'd be less than that? I think it'd be more than that. Oh, okay. Like, I, I don't think he's gonna like bring in a prospect and a first rounder, but you're you're talking about a guy who plays well, who still has quote unquote something left in the tank. And, and is giving you all those intangibles, if you will, minus actually having a ring. Um, he's gone on long stretches, right, with the Islanders down in the playoffs twice in a row. So he's kind of like, quote unquote, been there, maybe not in the final round, but you know, pretty damn close. Uh, and even recently. And he's giving you some production, right? Like, I'm just trying to open it up here now. And for some reason, I can't click properly. Uh, but he's got, what is it? Five points. Uh, sorry, five goals, 11 points in 43 games. Obviously, that's not like, oh boy, let me sign up for that. But he's a guy who you know can give you something physically and a little bit offensively. And that's kind of what people are looking for when it comes to the playoffs. Yep. No, definitely. So um, if someone is willing to offer even more than a third round, I say, great. All right. Sign me up. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to like build a comparison here. And, and I'm having a real hard time finding the... Um, the well, what happened at the trade deadline last year? Because um, to to find a, who was that player, kind of like Cal Clutterbuck, um, but I can't remember who it was. I don't really have someone coming to mind off the top of my head um, right now for for a team. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either, but I, I I know that Blake Coleman went for a lot, and that's the kind of although Blake Coleman scored a lot more than than he does. Um, Cal Clutterbuck is doing right now. Um, but Tampa picked up another guy. It wasn't Blake Coleman. It was someone else, Barclay Goodrow, wasn't it? Does how much does Goodrow? I don't remember. See, this oh. is the hard part about doing it on the fly. <laughs> So let's look at Barkley Goodrow right now. Like Goodrow, seventeen points, um, twenty four points one year with the the trade year. Had twenty four points in sixty eight games, sixty two games with the San Jose Sharks before he was traded to Tampa Bay. Um, and that that trade, if I can, let me just click on him here. That trade was Barkley Goodrow went to the Tampa Bay Lightnings for Anthony Greco and a first round pick. That's a lot. I don't. I don't think no. that's what they're going to get for Cal Clutterbuck. No, I, I would be dancing for joy if you got a first round pick for Cal. And I like Cal Clutterbuck a lot. Really good Islander. But yeah, let me just look at the production here. Oh, sorry, not the production, but the contract. So 2019, 20, 1920s when he went, he had one more year left. He being Barkley Goodrow on a nine hundred twenty-five thousand dollar contract. Okay, there you go. That's why the first rounder comes into play. So yeah, then maybe you're getting an extra year and super crazy cheap. Yeah, so maybe a second round pick for the rental of just this year. With I mean, obviously they could re-sign the, him wherever he gets traded to. But okay, I think maybe a second then. Yeah, like, and then you're getting picks right, and everyone's like, "That's that's not going to help us." It doesn't help immediately. We're not going in like, "Let's draft another Alturato in the second round." Possible, but like that's not what Lula Amarillo is trying to do with these pick accumulations. He could very well just get Cal Clutterbuck back again. And now you've added a second round pick that you could, now that you already already have one, package that to do something with. Yes, which that's the ultimate goal. Are there any other forwards um, that you deem expendable? Uh, sure, there's a few players that are expendable, but can can we actually move them? Probably not. No, that meant more along those lines of actual potential to be moved. I would I would agree with you. I don't think there is one. I, I don't I don't really think so I I really don't that there's no one else there like Austin Zarnick would have been one but he gone so yeah no so let's move over to the defense um I would assume Chara and Green you put in a similar boat here yes 100 percent okay so, absolutely so what is it there uh kind of what I guess Lou gave up for Green a couple of years ago a future second. Yeah, so a year off, second round pick, so 2021 second for a 2020 trade, and and a, a warm body to kind of like swap numbers. So we might be getting a prospect back type of thing, um, that's just kind of like some another dart on the board, and maybe a 2023 second round pick, maybe might be a third just because of age type of thing. Which I mean, I think you do just to get the pick numbers up because, like you said, it's not like you're gonna necessarily go in and be like, okay, now you have. 10 picks in this draft class we're going to draft 10 guys it's okay now you're more flexible to do other things like trades and move around on the roster but yeah I'm with you there I think in both instances you know maybe someone does want that veteran experience on the blue line it's it seems like people are trading for depth all the time for a defenseman uh, uh, to gear up for a run absolutely so like I, I really don't see why why someone wouldn't and this isn't going to be like a Braden Coburn situation where the Islanders traded a seventh round pick to get him 
Um, maybe you see that not even with Chara because like these guys are playing minutes, right? Like Braden Colburn was playing minutes in Ottawa. These guys are playing big minutes on the on the New York Islanders, and they have pedigree to attached to their name. Right. You got Zidano freaking Chara and Andy, and not Andy freaking Green, but like Andy Green. He might be old, but he's not super old, right. and he's obviously proving his worth with the Islanders at least to a certain extent. I mean, he was a former captain. Like that stuff matters. I mean, some of, we look at it as cliches, and fans look at it as cliches, and I get it. It is very cliche, but around the league, that stuff still kind of holds value. Absolutely, and like Chara's got a cup. He's been there. He's got. He's a legend in the game. He's got incredible workout habits. Like any team would be happy to bring in a guy like that, even if it's not like we're bringing this guy in to win the cup today. Someone like Minnesota might bring that guy in, might bring him in and say, like, we're bringing this guy in to boost what we already have, add to what we already have in terms of our ethic and our uh, just the culture around the team. That's the guy you bring in to do that. And Zidane Ochara, even if you know, like this guy isn't the piece to put us over right now. But he he might, and if not, worst case scenario, he gives us something we didn't have before going forward, at least. Right, shows kind of the young guys the ropes for a couple of months, and you know, kind of sparks the 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 process of you getting to that point. Agree. Exactly. Um, would you class? Would you put Scott Mayfield in that list? I would. Okay. One hundred percent. So what's? I think that's the more interesting conversation than what what you could get for Mayfield because he has another year, obviously, very, you know, at a very cheap cost. So Barkley Goodrow, right, we just talked about him, had a really cheap contract, an extra year on it, had a good productive year that year, got a first, and Anthony Greco, which was a undrafted player. It was, I don't know, he's 28 now, so he would have been like late 20s type of thing. But I, I think the Islanders can definitely get a first-round pick for Scott Mayfield and something. Because we're talking about right-hand shot, shut-down, big-body defenseman, and I, I, I don't think he's having a career year per se, but he's having a pretty damn good year offensively. You add all that in, and, and a, a, a contender is going to look at that and say, I'm going to pay a first plus for that easy. Yeah, because then, like you said, for the Barkley Goudreau, that's not just for this year. It's a next year thing, too. Um, and it's good against the cap. Like, I don't know. I feel like if Scott Mayfield was on the open market now, what do you think he gets? $3 million a year? Three to four, yeah, probably. Okay, so you're sa- essentially saving $2 million in a in a cap crunch um yeah i i definitely think a first would be on the table for him and he's on a career he's on pace for 25 points that's like his seasons combined the last two years pretty much but that's that's the thing he's not a stellar defenseman but solid very solid third pair guy like i don't know if you're going for it this that's what teams are looking for they're not necessarily looking for an absolute star at the, at the deadline. Usually those teams who are contenders, they have those things. They're looking for complimentary pieces, which what is what Mayfield is. Exactly. It's, and it's not even like a Braden Coburn situation. Again, you're bringing a guy just in case one of your guys gets injured. This is you're bringing in a guy who, you know, you can place in your, dare I say it top four at the very least bottom four, you can put him on your third pairing and you know, he's going to, kill penalties and he's probably going to break someone's rib cross-checking them he's not afraid to do that and as disgusting as that sounds that matters in hockey gms look for that kind of guy yeah it sucks to say but it's true he's averaging 20 minutes a night big body right-handed shot physical kills penalties like the, the list goes on and on and on and then you add the cap hit for not just this year but next year 
First plus, easy. Like, can we talk into first second? First plus a, a, a second round prospect that's doing well? You're, you're starting to get into a situation where you're bringing in two pieces for him that you might not necessarily want to keep, but you can move off for something else. And if you're adding a first, hey, look out. Now you got two firsts in your retool chest. That looks pretty damn good. Yes, it does. You're right. Uh, that's probably it for defense, I would imagine, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anyone else, unless you want to get into like the Thomas Hickey thing, but even Thomas Hickey ain't playing very well for Bridgeport, so I don't think anyone's coming calling for him. No. Um, Semyon Varlamov, is that one that you want to talk about now, or do you just want to kick that down the road? No, I think we can talk about it in so much that like, we're going to have to kick that one down the road. Yeah, that's that screams of right before the, the week of the draft <laughs> move, right? Yeah, I can't see... Some teams might want like depth goalie, but like the contract is so big, you're adding an extra year to that. Um, maybe Edmonton's going to be wildly desperate to do it, um, but but I can't see that happening. Um, we'll we'll see. I don't think that they're going to trade Simeon Varlamov. If they do, so be it. Like whatever, that's five million dollars gone. You know, Lou's going to be trying to do it, but I just can't see anyone picking him up. No. Yeah, I don't think so either. But if they do, like, that's going to be a hell of a return for the Islanders. Yeah, I think offseason, I would think first-round pick would be on the table. Yeah, probably. I just, I, I don't know if it's going to be a first. I, I think for us, the big worry or the, the big takeaway from moving Varley would be moving $5 million. Okay, so maybe then it doesn't get that high because of the losing the $5 million. I think that's the big the big thing for the island. Moving that that extra five million dollars and bringing in like let's say a second and, and, a, and a prospect um, would be massive for them. Just because like we mentioned earlier with with going shopping, like you get an extra five million dollars to go shopping with. Look out on on a team that is looking to spend. Look out. Yep. So maybe the future isn't as bad. I think I I feel a little better after talking about that. Yeah, it's not great. It's gonna hurt for a while, but. It could be very good at the end if they spend their money properly. Yes. Uh, so with that, shall we talk about some of the young guys now? Let's do it. Um, I spoke to Etulukas just yesterday, it was. Uh, good chat with him. The, the big thing for me is I wanted to talk about uh, his contract situation because you don't, don't, you don't have a cap friendly for um, European prospects. Right. And so his contract is up at the end of the year. And I said, all right, well what what say you to North America? And he's like, I'm in no rush to head to North America right now. So he's not saying I want to leave Europe and he's not saying I don't want to leave Europe. It's just he's not going to try to force a move to North America if one doesn't exist right now. Right, if he doesn't have to. And I, I don't think there's one there for him yet. I don't think the Islanders are ready to bring him in. Uh, I, I think they want to see him grow in the role that he's got right now. And he's doing very well for TPS. Like On their fourth line, Everyone is noticing them. Um, T is telling me that the Finnish announcers are noticing it. I don't understand Finnish, so I don't pick up on that when I'm watching the games. Um, I know Aturatu is picking up on it. Not only did I see Aturatu talk to him uh, after a game, talk to Etu Lucas, that is, but I asked Aturatu about Etu, and he's like, yeah, he's killing it, man. He's absolutely killing it there. That's great. That's a great sign. Yeah. Um, Going forward from there... We've got uh, Logan Cockrell, who just won the Beanpot in, in for uh, 
be you. And if you don't know what the bean pot is, not just you, Matt, but you at home listening, it's a big tournament in Boston that they have every year with the four big colleges, the hockey colleges, BU, Boston College, um, Northwestern or Northeastern, sorry, mm-hmm. and uh, and Harvard. They all play a weekend tournament. Uh, BU has not won it since 2015 when Jack Eichel was there. Uh, Logan Cockrell has been there for five years now. This is fifth one, and they've never won it. Winning it is a huge deal. He's also the captain. And he's turned into one hell of a player since they moved him to the wing. Okay, They've tapped into something with him on the wing. Um, do the Islanders sign him? I, I think so. Lou Lamarillo seems to have... Uh, Seems to want to bring in just about everyone under the sun because why not? And by that I mean everyone under the sun in the prospect pool. Then why is that? It, why not? <laughs> I don't know. I, I plan on asking Russell soon. I, I just want to. I, I don't want to just be like. So what's going on with you and the Islanders? Um, I, I'm going to get to that at, at some point. But I, I right now I. I if, speaking about Russell, I know they're in a break and I know he's just trying to practice and stuff. They had like nine days of practice he just told me wow um because like they, they're in a, in a break right now for the olympics the the german league okay so he's just kind of going not stir crazy but kind of like ah this season god dang it because he gets injured he's out for like super long they come back they're gone again for the olympics it's just all kinds all over the place yeah that's that's got to be annoying yeah for sure um and, and outside of that we still don't know what the hell's going on with Jakob skarik uh, has not played for a little while with Corey Schneider up. This would have been a huge opportunity. Sorry, with Simon Varlamov out, it would have been a huge opportunity for Jakob Skarik to at least sit on the bench. Um, I would have kept them at the AHL level anyways, but like I'm sure they would have brought him up just to kind of like you know put their hand their arms around him. But we don't know where he is. We have no idea. The Bridgeport Islanders aren't saying anything, and it's been a while. I, I mused that it could be COVID because they, being the Bridgeport Islanders in the AHL, are very cagey with that. Okay. I'm not so sure anymore because it's been pretty freaking long now. Interesting. Yeah, that that's a strange one. I feel like if it was COVID, we would have found out by now. Yeah. So, well, with the AHL, they're, they're, again, they're um, not oversight, but just like their announcements of that kind of stuff isn't very forth. They're, they're not very forthcoming with that stuff, and they don't have to be if they don't want to, and mm-hmm. they chose not to. Okay. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye out, but interesting. Not sure what's going on there. And he was playing really well before that, right? It was goalie of the month in January, and then February, nowhere to be found. So, yeah. And still no update on Ben Marius. I've been, Miragis, I should say. Uh, I've been trying to find something, and what the hell's going on there? Have found nothing. It's clearly not him going pro, because he would have gone pro by now. Uh, So that, from everything I heard, it's... Something happened off campus that led them to cut ties. That's not good. It is not good. I have not found out what that is. Uh, I don't know if I want to. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not that bad. Um, but it, it was clearly bad enough where they had to break ties. So that, It's scary. Um, we're, we're not going to speculate, obviously, but it, it doesn't sound very good if that's no. the case. The only other thing... It could be as they did bring in another defenseman, and I've heard that the coach can be can ruffle some feathers um, and bring in a new guy that would just ostensibly take time away from Ben Maragis. Probably didn't look right, and he's probably like, well, if I'm not going to play, then what the hell am I doing here? That's also fair. Would much rather it be that than something you know, significant off ice. The only reason I, I don't know if it, it would be that is you'd think that he'd find another place to play right now. 
Yeah, you just think, all right, that's it. We're going to call it for now. Yeah, so that that's the update on the prospect pool with all the latest goings-ons and drama there. All right, shall we do the quiz? Let's do the quiz. I'm nervous. <laughs> I laugh a little bit because this is another Spiz special. Spiz has really helped me out here with these. That jerk. Um, he found a guy that I don't know if you're going to guess because I do not remember this player. But here we go. As you know, every week we do, we have a Mystery New York Islander quiz for you where... I, usually, and now it's been Spiz, actually, have a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. Um, they, the clues get progressively easier as we go. Sorry, I got a little bit of vertigo there. Um, you've got five clues. Are you ready? Let's do it. First, I was an undrafted player. That could be almost anybody. Uh, don't know. I don't have anyone yet. Two, I've played one game at the NHL level, and it was in 2008-2009. So you know he's an Islander player, so that one game was with the Islanders. Next. <laughs> I only played 11 minutes in that game, and it was a 5-1 loss to the Montreal Canadiens in April of that year, or that season, I should say. So April 2009, didn't play a ton of minutes, so like probably fourth line guy undrafted in the 0809 season. I, I don't even have a, a semblance of a clue right now. Yeah. Four. This is how hard this one is going to be. Maybe someone at home already guessed it. I never would have guessed it. Four. My last name is Bentivoglio. I know we're only on clue four, but that's how easy I've got to make it. Are you trolling me? Is this like a made-up name that you're just trying to get me to guess? <laughs> I swear to God it is not. Okay, I have no idea. Five. My first name starts with an S, so a little bit of, of guessing still involved for you. We know mannish name. Bentivoglio played for the Islanders. Fourth liner. Stewart. Sean. Uh, should have known. How could I forget him? <laughs> Islander great. When, when Spiz sent it to me, I went, I have never seen that person in my life. And sure enough, he has one NHL game. It was in 0809 against Montreal. I, I don't remember Sean. He played a lot for the Bridgeport uh, Sound Tigers then, but I, I do not remember him at all. Nope. That name that you, you told me, but I don't, no recollection, not even a little bit. So, Sean, if you're listening, sorry I forget that you played for the Islanders. Uh, that must have been one hell of, of an achievement, and I'm not saying that sarcastically because I would have loved to even just play one game at the NHL level, even if it was only 11 minutes in one game. Could you imagine? And against the Habs, too. Wow. Could you imagine how good you have to be even to make the NHL for one game? Right? Like, even just to be, like, an, an, an NHLer, and we, we say it all the time, like, oh, he's just a replacement lover, an NHLer. He could beat the crap out of me with a puck on a pawn, that's for damn sure. Yeah, I... The jump from normal person to even like replacement level at the highest of levels is insane. I remember playing pond hockey once and like a, a kid was there who played junior hockey. He was playing for the 67s and he punked us all. I'm not a great hockey player, but I, I'm okay. And there were a lot of us. It looked like those videos where you have like, I, I just remember two Korean soccer players playing against a hundred kids and they schooled them. That's what that guy was doing. And he was a junior level player. Right. Um, scary. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get on over to the social segment. We'll see what's going around on Isles Twitter. What do you got for us this week, Mitch? The first one here comes from, it's just loading Rich Isles. I think we all know who Rich Z is. Um, if anyone knows this booth, where this booth is set <laughs> up, please let, let me know. And it's a picture of the, the peanuts. 
and I forget the character names outside of Charlie Brown and Linus, um, but it's a, psychi- a psychiatric help five cents the doctor is in, and it's two Islanders fans. Yeah, uh, we kind of need it right now. That was going to be my first one, too. So that just kind of goes to show you that we are in the <laughs> same boat there. Um, but the phenomenal tweet from Rich, as always, a good follow on Twitter. Um, but yes, I needed it at the start of the episode. Like I said, I feel a lot better from where I was at the start of this episode to now. So it, it's working. Yeah. So if, if you don't know, so I usually put the, the, the Twitter handle out there, but it's a Z-Man Isles. People already probably already know that. But just in case, there you go. They're kind of going off of how I was, uh, you know, speaking in the, in the first half here. Uh, Daniel Friedman, Dan J. Friedman says, if your response to the season is I should fire Barry Trotz, you have absolutely lost your mind. And I just want to echo that because um, I unfortunately have seen that online and not just from one person. So uh, I would I, I double that. I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I triple it like, no, no. If you're going to say like, I wish we had this other coach in instead, that might add something to it. But you can't just be like, fire him. All right, cool. For who? John Quenville. There's a reason he's not coaching right now. And it's not because he's not a good coach, but like there are other factors that go into deciding who's a coach. Yeah. Babcock? No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Tortorella? So, also, no, thank you. That's not an improvement. No. No, it's not. It really isn't. So there we go. Uh, my next one is it's Rocco C. So it's at, that's at its underscore Rocco. No matter how bad this team is playing, I will always love them. Hashtag Isles. Yep. For yeah, sure. I agree with you there. Um, like, I see a lot of like, they're causing me all kinds of problems and I can't go to sleep at night because I'm so mad. I still love them. No, I do too. And there are a lot of likable characters on this team too, which I think makes it even more sad. Uh, like I said, I'm honestly genuinely more mad at the Islanders fans than I am... <laughs> <laughs> this team, which maybe my anger is pointing at the wrong spot. And again, this is maybe a me thing, but um, yeah, I love this stupid team. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. What's your next one? Uh, my last one comes from Mike Camito, uh, who says, on this day in 2001, Humpty Dumpty 39, who we know who that is, Rick DiPietro, recorded his first NHL victory. And it's, well, one, just congrats and, you know, love that for DP. But the picture he used, I will show Mitch, just phenomenal, phenomenal mask. One hell of a mask. I remember that one. Just stellar. One of the best that I remember. Yeah, absolutely. I still remember his reaction when um, uh, it was just this this season and recently when John Tortorella said, like, they can all go screw off or something to the Canadian media about, like, the Michigan. And his reaction between him and Arda was like, "Did, did I just hear that right? What he deserves to be on a mic, and he still is, obviously, for ESPN Radio. But um, more, more of Rick, please. He he is like a phenomenal broadcaster. During the intermission, it was probably the last time the Islanders were on ESPN because I don't watch a ton of the ESPN uh, hockey broadcast. But during the inter- he was literally like standing up and like showing how like a goalie would go about doing something like on camera. Like that is more of that. That's what yeah. we need from from one. He's entertaining, and number two, like actually showing. It's not just like sitting at the desk all stiff. Like I am going to talk hockey now, and this is what happened, and this no. Like he was like, hey. So anyway, like it's casual, it's fun. That is what we want. More of that, please. 
I still remember him ripping his shirt with like the grises right underneath <laughs> yes. it. Yes, and hilarious when he bit the the plastic rat, the head off the rat. <laughs> Another great one. Uh, yeah, you need you need that life. You can't just be like, we want to get pucks in deep. Like we get that from the players. Like hearing yeah. Ryan Pollock and like Noah Dobson talk. <laughs> oh my God, boys, get some intonation. But like that's not what Rick DiPietro is, and it's great to have him. Yes, without a doubt. That was my last one. That's that's all I had. All right. So before we go, wherever you listen to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review. It really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support there. You can follow along with us on social media, Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY, Mitch is TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com, Eyes on Isles. Uh, the Patreon, Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. Five bucks a month gets you a post-game show after every single game. It gets you a mailbag show. It gets you a Discord with a bunch of Islanders fans. It's a uh, it's a ton of fun over there, right, Mitch? Good time. Like I don't know how many questions we have right now. It's not loading for me, but that's good old Canadian internet for you. But good times. I'm sure Spiz is going to have a bomb of a question for you this week. I hope so. We like to have fun with it. Um, yep. And yeah, last but not least, I mean, you could check out the website for our articles, eyesoniles.com. And uh, yeah, appreciate all the love and support there. But uh, I, I, thank you for listening to this episode because I think Mitch and I needed it uh, more as much as maybe you guys needed or wanted to hear the episode of what we had to say. I think we needed to get some of this stuff out. Uh, I know that's how I feel anyway. That's how I feel. I, I needed to get it out. And um, we're going to have a couple months of getting it out because we still have all of March and April, April to play. Amazing. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson. And we'll talk to you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.